Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's time, Amy. It's time. It really is. It's time for Dallas 2018. It's here. I'm ready. We're headed that way. We're both yep. flying out today, uh, the day this drops on Friday, June the uh, 8th. We're both headed to Dallas. I'm headed there a little bit earlier than you are, but uh, we are yes. going to be there. We're going to be ready and come Tuesday morning at 8.15, we will be in our seats. Me in the crowd, you backstage with all the important people. Well, I don't know about that, but we will be in place and ready to go. And I don't know about you, but... You feeling 22? This year, th- yeah. This year, it we we always have this buildup. Let's just be honest. We always have this buildup for kind of the two months, April and May. Um, a lot of chatter increases, a lot more stories, you know, coming out uh, in Baptist Press and other places. And there's kind of this anticipation that builds. Um, this year has been sort of I, like nothing I can ever remember going all the way back to February, really. Yes. And so I'm just at the place where I'm ready to get to Dallas. Let's get this party started. Yes. Now you get the uh, the black eyed piece of my head. Thank you for that. Um, so. Before we uh, jump into this week's edition, we do want to remind you that we have a full SBC 18 preview. Check that out at episode 163, the one right before this one. Uh, Check out that episode. We have all the information, everything that you want to know about SBC 18 in Dallas and the annual meeting and uh, probably some things that you don't want to know. We we covered that. It's about a 50-minute show, so we went long with that one, but just covered everything from... Uh, everything going on just really starting on the 8th with the ERLC pre-conference all the way through the 13th, uh, you know, the gavel on Wednesday night. So uh, speaking of gavels, Amy, which do you know what gavel we'll be using this year? Is it the broadest gavel? Oh, broadest, yes. Of course. Broadest okay. gavel. I, I, I know that's the one that always comes okay. now. So right. so a- Amy is a bit of a gavel aficionado, folks. So got to Yeah, if you ever visit, if, any, if anyone ever visits the um, executive committee building, you should check out the display of gavels because there are there are a lot more than the one um it used to be that with each session they would change out you know use different gavels and and uh, stuff all of them have different connections but now just the broadest gavel is used and it's it's very special and meaningful so all right yep well broadest was he was also one of the founders at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary oh my goodness and he that maybe and that is now that, located in Louisville <laughs> Kentucky not in uh, South Carolina, where it once was, but right. located in Louisville, Kentucky. The Southern Baptist Theological Seminary is committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral programs by visiting sbts.edu or see them at their booth this week in Dallas. How about that transition, Amy? Did you Did you set that up? I did not, but that- I saw the opportunity and I took it because that's what I do. That, that was pretty incredible. The broadest and then... Broadest gavel, and then on to Southern Seminary. Well done. You got to get some swag for doing that. I, I get some bonus points. I have my Southern tie, but I'm not packing ties because it's going to be insanely hot in Dallas. Yes. So no tie. And we don't have to have no no ties. Yes. Men don't have to have ties. And Just um, I wasn't going to wear a tie anyway. But Shirts and shoes, and you're good to go. But I'm very happy. where I'm staying at the Omni this year. Yes, we don't have it's to go outside sky, at all. It's got the Sky Bridge. Yeah, and when you get to it, once we get to like 
most of Monday and then all of Tuesday and Wednesday, I don't know if I'm even going to make it outside. So, um, so I'll just stay in the air conditioning. Yes. All right. Well, let's jump into this. We got our news for the week. We got some, uh, some good news and some bad news from the ACP this year. Worship attendance, Sunday school attendance or small groups, whatever you want to call it, uh, those increased. Our church's numbers yes. increased. However, membership and baptisms declined once again uh, with our statistical data in 2017. Yeah. So uh, walk us through this, Jonathan. This is, this is something that Lifeway uh, puts out there. And every year, it seems like for as long as I can remember, we're kind of processing it. And it's not always, it's not a good processing. So help us out. Yeah. So technically, the executive committee calls for this. Lifeway just facil- facilitates okay, it. Okay. Lifeway just does it. And the so state Lifeway conventions, doesn't put it out. Yeah. The state conventions are the one tasked with, uh, you know, actually doing it and collecting data okay, and bringing it back. Okay. Thank you. So we get the data, we process the data, we crunch all the numbers, make sure everything's right, and and then we put it out. And uh, this year, you know, we were looking at um, the stats for 2017. We had uh, 42 state conventions, just like last year. I think that number may change next year. Associations, uh, 1,131. That's down just five. We do have 272 more churches this year at a whopping 47,544. And then church-type missions, which are, you know, kind of church plants or things like that, mission churches, uh, 4,376 of those. That's down 116 from last year. And uh, and a lot of times that's down because those church-type missions become full-time churches. So it's kind of a transitionary process, but your uh, your church number total is up uh, 156. So total, you know, if you take the churches and church-type missions and add those together, total members just a hair over 15 million at 15 million and 5,000 and change. Total baptisms, 254,000. Uh, the members is down 211,000. Baptisms down 226,000. And then weekly worship attendance, 5.3 million, which is up 119,000. So uh, a big bump in weekly worship attendance average. And Sunday school Bible study average is, uh, or you know, weekly average attendance combined is 3.3 million, uh, which is up about 42,000 from last year. So uh, money is up. People are up in worship and Sunday school. Churches are up, but uh, baptisms uh, and membership is down. So uh, the one of the issues, though, is the reporting because you've got uh, only 74% of churches reported last year. So uh, that's been an issue uh, around, you know, it, we've, we've been down at like 77% the last three years, uh, 80% in 2013. So the, the big drop in baptisms is partly due to a big drop in percentage of churches reporting. So, but so whenever you've only got, you know, three quarters of your churches reporting, if you added another third to the baptism total of 250,000, we'd be looking at three and a quarter, 330,000 baptisms if everybody reported probably, you know, somewhere in that range, maybe I'm just ballparking that. Yeah. So, so I mean, part of what we would love to say or to share to those listening, particularly those in ministry positions in churches, is please report. Yes, and it is important. If, it's like it, showing up at yeah, the annual meeting. Show up and send yeah. in your, your reports. And if you do report already, then talk to your friends and encourage other churches to report. Because, I mean, I think sometimes people don't want to because they don't want to be following a scorecard. They, they, they don't like that they they think maybe it's just we're, we're all about numbers but the truth is and i'm going to quote um ed stetzer where he would say facts are our friends 
And he'd say, facts are our friends. And data tells us something. It helps us to see where we are in what we're trying to reach. And so if you know people who are resistant to turning this in, encourage them uh, to participate in the ACP in future years. All right. And uh, well said, Amy. And I agree. And I really wish if we could see a resurgence in ACP reporting uh, because that gives us, like you said, just gives us a better picture of what we've got. I think LifeWay is going to uh, take this data and extrapolate out uh, what a full picture would look like. Uh, you can't just take, you know, everything and multiply it, you know, by a third and add that extra 25% in there. Um, so y- you can't do that because of the way stats break down and everything. But at the same time, we'll, we'll take a, you know, have to watch that for a couple of months and see what LifeWay comes out with. I do know that we were talking about doing that. So because the, the reporting has fallen off so much, you know, it's, it's not really a, a accurate picture of the denomination. The big story that's dominated headlines over the past month is the uh, the termination of Dr. Paige Patterson as president and president emeritus at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Some more information came out this week, including a statement from Southeastern on June the 4th and a response and clarification from Dr. Aiken. I'm going to read that and uh, you can go find the story and everything else from Baptist Press about this story. There's a couple other releases in there, but I do want to make sure that this is clear because Dr. Aiken clarified this to Baptist Press. He said there was removal of Southeastern property. Uh, he thinks that maybe it was a misunderstanding rather than just maliciously being a root removed. However, I know that Southeastern is uh, looking into the information that was found on the campus of Southwestern uh, to see if uh, about getting those back. But Dr. Aiken also clarified to BP that the victim was very clear in 2003 that a non-consensual sexual act had been performed against her person Southeastern's records from 2003 indicate that she screamed and fled the room when the alleged assault occurred. The victim did not use the word rape in her report, but the act she alleged fit the definition of that term. So wanted to be very clear about that. There's been a lot of talk about um, that this week. And then also that there is no record at Southeastern of what information about the case was given to Dr. Patterson or when he became involved in the matter. So uh, that that information is not uh, available. Uh, there is some correspondence that has been re- released publicly, and uh, Dr. Aiken stated that all files must remain confidential that relate to a student at an institution. There's no question that any type of correspondence related to a student status or ongoing activity at a school is covered by federal law and the Privacy Act. So uh, a lot of information in the story from Baptist Press. I encourage you to go read that, but uh, do remember those statements from Dr. Aiken. I think those jumped out at me whenever I read uh, this article and uh, have been, you know, we've been following this for about a month now. So uh, those are good things to remember. But we got some good news, Amy. It's the first of the month. You know what that means? CP. Yes, we're up 3.59% ahead of projections uh, on the budget this year. So that, that's some good news going into the annual meeting. That is something good. I'm sure when Augie Bodo gives his report as the interim president of the executive committee, that will be something that is a part of it. And uh, so I, I know that's just that's just exciting. That's good news going into next week. Yes, we had a fifteen point six million dollars given through the cooperative program and designated gifts uh, a total over twenty and a half million dollars. Uh, the, the designated gifts are also up for the year. Uh, they are five point one nine percent above the same year to date period last year. That's good news for both Lottie and Annie. So uh, we're up on CP. We're up on designated giving and uh, good news all around on the giving side headed into the annual meeting. And also, 
Amy, we speaking of the annual meeting, we've got a third for second. Yeah, there we go. You know, actually, earlier uh, when we were talking through the stories for this week, I was asking you, remind me what all we're covering, and, and you put uh, in the list third for second, and it took me a little while to remember, what does that mean? <laughs> and then it hit That's me. That's what I tweeted the other third, day, too. Yes, a third uh, person will be nominated. For second vice president, yep. Indiana pastor Randall Forsyth. He's a former president um, so, of the state convention of Baptist in Indiana as well. Yes. And so another uh, pastor from Indiana, Reginald Fletcher, uh, is going to nominate him. So he's currently the second vice president of the Indiana convention. And he has in the past served as as a first vice president. So he's done all kinds of things. Former president. He knows what it takes to be a second vice president, Amy. He's done everything. So here's the trivia. Here's the piece of trivia that I wonder. If Randall Forsyth were to win, would this be the first time in history that someone is second vice president at the state and the national level? It's entirely possible. Um, or is an officer at the state and national level? No, because the same we've had, same we've had state officers be national officers at the same time before. That That's happened. I do know that. Okay. But, but still, second VP... At the same time. Yes. I think that that could be interesting. Both so. times, 2VP. He's like 2VP for life, man. That's probably his uh, his his license plate, 2VP well, life. Yes. Yeah. Well, for now, because he's also been 1VP and president. So he's done everything at, in Indiana. So. Yeah. Um, so this is the, the so this will be interesting because now we have two candidates for president at this time, two candidates for for first vice president and now three candidates for second vice president. So this uh, the, this will will make uh, Tennessee evangelist Jerry Drace and Oklahoma pastor Felix Cabrera. And as we always like to say, uh, just remember, more people could come to nominate. Uh, they have until, a, until that last call, which is about 10 minutes before. So we could see four. But at this or time, uh, yeah, or more. But at this time, uh, we're looking at three nominees uh, for this office. That's fantastic. Maybe we'll get a, a runoff. We might. Runoffs are fun. We'll see. I, I like runoffs. It, it amps up the anticipation. Okay, a big win numerically in the Supreme Court this week for religious liberty, but you you chastised me earlier in the week saying that it was a narrow victory. And I'm like, narrow 7-2 to victory is only narrow in football because you can only you know score a touchdown to win, but... Seven to two right. victory for uh, the cake in uh, or the cake baker, I guess, not for the cake uh, in the masterpiece cake shop case in uh, Washington D.C. Amy. First of all, a seven to two victory is is very interesting because um, most of the uh, most of of the decisions like this end up being five four, and uh, I think everyone was kind of expecting that. Usually, Justice Kennedy is, is kind of a swing vote. And so everyone just expects that and never knows, you know, which way he's going to go. But this was seven to two, which uh, not only did Justice Kennedy rule in the favor of Jack Phillips, um, but also Elena Kagan um, and Stephen Breyer did. So the dissenters were Ruth Bader Ginsburg and uh, Justice uh, Sonia Sotomayor. So, uh, so that was interesting to me. I'm always intrigued when you have decisions like this where, you know, certain groups of the court that, that don't normally, uh, that don't always stand together that they, that they do. So that was, that was quite interesting. I I still kind of wonder what it'll take for Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sotomayor 
to rule in favor of any religious case? Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a great question. Um, so here, but here was the issue that I saw a lot of, and that was the word narrow. People would say a narrow victory, and then folks would get frustrated. That's not narrow. It's seven to two. Yeah, uh, we had that discussion. Narrow in, <laughs> We did. The word narrow, when you're talking about Supreme Court rulings, has to do with uh, what it applies to. And so this, the way they wrote this opinion was that it applied to the specific facts of this case only. So a broad ruling would be one that is written in such a way that signals how they might decide in other cases involving all sorts of other things, you know, florists, bakers, photographers, other other things. But the way this um, was addressed was dealing very specifically with this case. So we can't make a lot of assumptions that this is a sweeping victory and everything is covered. Uh, it, it just wasn't, wasn't ruled in that way. Um, but that doesn't, that doesn't, uh, negate the fact that it, that it happened and that this was a very important, important ruling. Yes. So, um, so what they basically did is they they said that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission was demonstrating hostility toward him in the in the action. The fact that they were penalizing him uh, for not uh, designing and decorating a cake in this particular uh, case in this wedding. And so uh, so they were the so what the Supreme Court said is that they were demonstrating hostility and that 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 can't happen. That's, that's, uh, that is inconsistent. Justice Kennedy wrote, it was inconsistent with the first amendment's guarantee that our laws be applied in a manner that is neutral toward religion. So it was very specific about applying their rules with, with hostility toward religion. All right. Well, there's the, uh, our SCOTUS lesson for the day from Amy on what narrow means in, uh, the Supreme court of the United States. Go look it up because I, I've, I've said to a few people, a few friends this week when talking about different things, my legal background really just comes from Law and Order and great movies. Um, but, <laughs> and Matlock. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of Matlock, but I watched a lot of Law and Order. Um, and I, my, po- my major was politics, but I didn't do a lot of law in that. Yeah. We didn't deal with that much. So, um, so I don't have a lot, but I, I do enjoy sort of armchair uh, reading these things. And I know that the ERLC did a lot of coverage of this. And so you can kind of check out some of the things that they uh, did on it as well. But the Baptist Press article uh, covers it very nicely. All right. After last month's uh, announcement that Alvin Reed had uh, resigned for personal reasons from Southeastern, we have news of two more seminary professors resigning. Christian George from Midwestern, David Sills from Southern Seminary. Both have uh, been announced as resignations from their respective seminaries. Uh, these are really tough days for our seminaries right now, uh, not just uh, with everything that we've talked about over the last month at Southwestern, but uh, a lot of our seminaries are, are experiencing some, some sad and heartbreaking days. Uh, we do want to be in prayer for them and uh, their families. And I uh, do want to remind us that you know we have a bright future. Uh, but do uh, do want to pass on those news of those resignations. Speaking of the future, Amy, 2019 VBS, that theme has been announced. It's going in the wild. In the wild. Uh, animals everywhere is what it sounds like. Amazing encounters with Jesus. That's exciting. Yes, it is. I saw it a is. lot of I saw a lot of buzz about that announcement. It's one of the most today. exciting things that, that I am a part of at Lifeway, I think, because we... we 
have to sign non-disclosure agreements because of you know it, it can't get out early um and right. it's just it's always exciting because i was like because my wife being a children's minister i'm like ha, i know something you don't but um i actually don't <laughs> do that to her because she would get mad at me if i did that but anyway um the new uh vbs theme for next year that you know this year's game on so that's going on sort of right. a sports theme this one's more of a photo scavenger hunt in the wild where it's possible to see absolutely anything from the uh, the release here. Uh, they're going to take people to the Arctic, to the Rocky Mountains, the grasslands, rainforest, everywhere around the world, uh, in the wild, uh, to encounter Jesus through VBS. It's an exciting time. So are, are you going to have real live animals at... I mean, you may. I don't know. It depends on the church. So it would depend on the church. You never know. You know, this reminds me, and I, I think I sent this to you a couple of weeks ago, but I was just looking on Facebook and a friend from there uh, in, in right outside of Nashville um, had a picture of a snake, a really large snake on uh, someone's door. And yes. I actually was kind of in denial and Keith kept holding the picture up to me saying, look at that. And, and, and I, I was staring at it and he said, you know where that is. And I, I could not actually face the fact that it was my parents' house, like where I, grew up and it was this massive snake like curled down the yep. down the door i would have um, burned the place down i i was freaking out just even I, seeing I the picture i was freaking I, out I, I don't know how you can go back to that place now i honestly don't well for about a day i thought i'm not sure i can go back there i'm so afraid but um this makes me think of this that there could be animals hiding anywhere hopefully if, not any snakes if keith doesn't bring a rubber snake back with uh with him whenever y'all go home next time and use that as a prank i'll be very disappointed let's ha- i'm not gonna let him listen to this episode now <laughs> <laughs> that would be outstanding i'll just talk to drew and mary next week so we'll just oh that. my goodness that would just be awful well it's exciting this vbs thing that's gonna do it for the news this week that's gonna bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in sbc history amy blow our minds all right, we're going to go back to 1985, and I'm going to, uh, I, I want to give a hat tip on this one to our friend, uh, Dr. Adam Greenway, who actually tweeted something out from this, um, from this issue of Baptist Press that uh, was really, it was a release, it was the release that they did surrounding the um, SBC annual meeting in 1985. And what he did was uh, to tweet out a quote from um, from about page 20 in that document. It's like 166-page Baptist Press long release. So go and check it out. And remember, 85 was where? It was in Dallas. Dallas. Um, Over 45,000 messengers. So uh, it, it was another time. And it was a time when there was a lot of tension building up. So that Sunday before the SBC began um, on June the 9th um, at at First Baptist Dallas, more than 7,000 people in two services uh, gathered together. It was the Sunday before the convention to hear Dr. Criswell preach. And then he also was joined on the platform at 11 by uh, Charles Stanley, who was the president at that time. Um and he spoke just very briefly going in and he made a statement. And so remember what this is before. This is before a very contentious Southern Baptist Convention right in the middle of 
um, the all the controversy at that time. And he said he saw only two ways for Southern Baptists to approach the three-day meeting at the Dallas Convention Center. The first way is with fear. The second is with the absolute, bold, unwavering confidence that our God is sovereign and his will is going to be done. Amen. And I I really loved that. I loved that uh, Dr. Greenway shared that and uh, thought it was helpful going into our meeting in Dallas because there's a lot of uh, nervousness, I think, on the part of a lot of people. And I think that's good advice for us now. So uh, the great part about it is it did uh, it. It did happen. Uh, he did say that this week in SBC history. Perfect. Um, thirty-three years ago. So I wanted to I wanted to bring that up and give him that credit uh, for sharing that. Uh, but check out the whole thing. I mean, it's long. It's one hundred sixty-six pages, but it it's a great uh, historical document uh, about a, a really important convention. I also want to make one other history mention, which isn't this week. It's actually it was in May, um, but. Some some big news this week, and I want to give a hat tip again to Jason Fowler, who is the librarian at Southeastern, for pointing me to this. Um, so one big piece of news this week on the national level, um, in the wake of this sort of broader cultural conversation we are having about women, um, was some news from the Miss America organization. Did, did you catch that? Yes, I did. Yeah, they have gotten rid of the swimsuit competition. Um, because they, they basically just said, this is not, it's just not something that we're going to do. We're not going to make it about, um, physical, you know, appearance and, and things like that. Well, Jason Fowler, librarian at Southeastern, pointed me to a resolution that we passed in Houston, Texas in 1926. Wow. And it was, it was a resolution on beauty contests. Really, and it was very it was very short, and it said, "Whereas the purity and sanctity of the home depends upon a proper respect for and safeguarding of our girls, and whereas beauty contests and so-called bathing reviews are evil and evil only, and tend to lower true and genuine respect for womanhood, emphasizing and displaying only purely physical charm above spiritual and intellectual attainments." Therefore, we, the Southern Baptist Convention, do deplore and condemn all such contests and reviews. Wow. Now, isn't that interesting? So almost a hundred years ago, we had a resolution speaking about, and I think this was at a time when maybe a lot of like uh, teenage and and maybe college age, there were a lot of these types of contests. (laughs) And so, okay. Yeah. I've never heard of these bathing reviews. That's a new one for me. Okay. Well, I don't, I actually, that term is kind of new to me, but I I think it essentially was like swimsuit competition kind of thing. Um, And so here we were in 1926, um, the Southern Baptist Convention said, this is not good. And it actually said it lowers true and genuine respect for womanhood. It emphasizes only physical charm above spiritual and intellectual attainments. And here we are almost a hundred years later and a, a really big decision. Uh, by the Miss America organization, kind of on similar lines. So, and I'll just I throw this out really... there too: the the uh, the swimsuits of today are not quite the same as the swimsuits of 1928. Yeah, but uh, no, or 1926. Well, or 28. Yeah, and well, and that's true too. Um, but I think they they, they are talking about. Have seen these today? Well, yeah. 
But they're also talking about that this is not what it's about, like what it really means to respect women. That's what they were saying in 1926. Hmm. So I, um, I, I, I think that's really interesting. So I, when he called, he called me and at my office and and mentioned that, and I said I'm going to talk about that on the podcast. Very cool. All right, there you go. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is a pair of Twitter accounts: SBC Meeting, all right, and SBC Explainer. SBC Meeting is run by the Executive Committee, I believe, um, and they uh, basically tweet out what's going on at the SBC meeting, and you know. If there's schedule changes or if the registration, the messenger count, who's speaking, all that kind of stuff. It's a great follow for this week because you can basically know exactly what's going on on the main stage. Uh, I, I, I tweeted out earlier that you need to follow three accounts, ours, basically, and yes. SBC meeting, and then SBC explainer. And they, the, the people behind SBC explainer uh, have been just kind of given some more in-depth explanations of procedural things or motions or resolutions, things like that. So there's some different uh, information from that account. It kind of goes deeper, gives you the, you know, the, the, all the granular details of everything. So those three accounts, yeah. those are our three must follows this week. SBC this week, obviously. Uh, follow us on Facebook yes. too. We'll be doing some Facebook lives, SBC explainer and SBC meeting at uh, the annual Very meeting. cool. So. SBC explainer. Um, I do not know who is behind that account. You do not. And, but what I don't. But what is funny to me is I've asked you and you have assured me that it's not you. It's not me. But I hear it in your voice every time I read it. (laughs) I've even come back and asked you. I've even come back and asked you. Multiple times, yes. uh, Multiple times. Are you sure that you're telling me the truth? Because it sounds like you. I'm telling you the truth. you've said no. So it's it's like that old account. No, it's not me. Okay. Um, I wouldn't have time to run that. the that account, um, honest toddler, that yes. used to be a long time ago. It used to be kind of now it's the the woman sort of runs it, but it used to be in like in the voice of a child. And one of our uh, one of our mutual friends, somebody that works at Lifeway, I always pictured that uh, person's child saying all of those things because it just I Is don't it know it just Devin Maddox's me. kid. Yes, I did. Yeah, I Duke. always pictured his. Yes, I always pictured Duke uh, saying all of the things that Honest Toddler used to say a long time ago. I always, when I like always that. pictured Devin well, saying them. So, okay, well, SBC Explainer, <laughs> it's I think it, it, I picture you saying it. So anyway, it's whoever is out there doing it, I'm impressed. Um, yes. So right. mine, your resource is, of the week is my yes, mine is a new podcast, which I actually I'm going to confess this week's been kind of crazy. To- I haven't. This week's been kind of crazy. Uh, we have an eighth grader who had eighth grade graduation today, and we've been getting ready for all kinds of things. So it's it's been very hectic. When I'm not at work, I'm you know running all over the place. Um, Point of getting, order. Helping her. Get no stuff. such thing as eighth yes. grade graduation. But go ahead. Eighth grade awards day. It was eighth okay. grade awards day. Okay, but they get a certificate that says so. Woo. Anyway, um, but we were getting things for that. You know, yes. There were, running anyway. errands and stuff. So I've been really busy and have not gotten a chance to re- to listen to it, but you've listened to it. And we Luke Holmes um, is a, a friend of ours. Yeah, who does does this. And uh, I, he has the SBC History Twitter account. And I love his work there. So uh, this is cool, launching that to talk about one of my favorite things. Yes, SBC History. So maybe they'll have you on, Amy. Yeah, they should have you so- on. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Now you've said that, and now they're gonna now now it's gonna be weird because if they don't 
ask, then they're going to feel bad and all that stuff. Well, don't so, feel bad. We'll see. It's okay. You have okay. your own podcast. Also, also, I promise. So, two things I want to mention. One is I promised. Uh, speaking of podcasts, the co-host of Not Another Baptist podcast, Kyle Beerman. Beerman. Am I saying it right? Beerman. Just Beerman. Beerman. Whatever. Non alcoholic Beerman. Kyle Beerman. Yeah, I promised that I would make one of my resources of the week the new um, Sirius XM radio channel for the Beach Boys, which I didn't know oh, about until right. he tweeted it. Yeah, I didn't know about that until he tweeted it, and I'm a huge fan of the Beach Boys. Huge fan. See, I didn't and know that either. So I didn't know that. I've been lis- I've been listening to it all week. I love it. I had no idea it's, that you were a Beach Boys fan. Well, I am a fan of the work of Brian Wilson. I think he's a brilliant brilliant musician and composer I mean, brilliant brilliant musician and composer and i just love uh the the sound that he was able to produce and so i get kind of lost in him i should have known that though because they did the capital fourth last year and you were excited about that yeah hmm. um so pet sounds is one of my favorite albums of all time i have two copies of that on vinyl um but I love all their other stuff. And then some of it's, you know, not, not as complex, but it's just really fun. So I was excited beyond belief to know that that channel was out there. I've been listening to it all week. All right, Amy, last thing, anything uh, you want to add about uh, the SPC that we may have missed in our podcast, uh, a big preview show? I know there's a lot in there, but did we miss anything? Uh, one thing. So we talked okay. some about the exhibit hall and we're going to try to do another Facebook live this year where we walk around and show you some things early but uh the imb booth has some new stuff happening this year so what they want to show is how your church they want to show um how your church regardless of size resources unique needs whatever you can play a role in taking the gospel to the nations so this year the imb exhibit is featuring your church it's resources to help you engage your whole church in the great commission going to have a video booth where you can record your own missions testimonies you can talk about how lottie moon giving changes lives how missions has changed your church why missions is important to the sbc or maybe even just a memorable experience you've had um, on a mission trip and so it's going to run just like a photo booth you just step in follow the prompts tell your story and then those are going to get shared on social media during the SBC cool. and in the months ahead. So this is kind of a neat opportunity. So we talked about things you can do. Go over to Guidestone, write something for um, Widow's Might and, you know, uh, just other other fun things. Uh, make sure you stop by the IMB because you want to tell your church's story and uh, get that in that sort of compilation. So very cool. Yep. Um, but we'll we'll give a preview of that hopefully this weekend. All right. Don't forget, we're challenging everybody. You mentioned uh, the Guidestone booth. We're getting, challenging everybody to give $100 to uh, Mission Dignity to help with the uh, widow's funding and things like that. So uh, we're, we'd like to see y'all do that if you can, uh, $100 because it's their 100th anniversary. So that that's the reason yes. that we picked that number. Yep. So, um, do so that we're, we're going to lead go that get off the bing- when we get there. Yep. And, and and go get our bingo card. Yes, get our bingo cards. We put that out this week. The bingo cards are on there. Kind of scavenger huntish time. Uh, if you get there and you know find your stuff that we have on the bingo card, we have some really neat things on there. Some fun things, some serious things, uh, because we're 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 half fun and half serious around here. I'll let you figure out which one of us is which. Yes, I got a question from someone All asking. Right. 
And and I made what I thought was the ruling. So Uh-oh. the question was, are you going for five in a row or cover the whole thing? And what I said was, five in a row gives you street cred. Cover the whole thing gives you a free book. There you go. Is that a is that That'll a fair work. ruling? Okay. Yes. So you can yeah. call. You, you can say row, bingo. That's, that's yeah, great job. That's you, but if yeah, you, black you can say out, bingo. So yep. I, and you can pick up a lot of those like on Monday at one thirty whenever. You know, you have you and me together at the CP stage. That's like three spots right there. And I think some of the right. media well, will be there too. Sarah yeah, Smith will be there and probably Seth Brown too. So, you know, right. probably pick up five yeah. or six points right there. And you're going to, and you're going to see, you know, JD Greer, Ken Hemphill, other people. The hard ones are going to be the ones like a, a little kid in a suit and tie or somebody dressed in a costume. No, like that's you, not going to be hard at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Go over to the kids' area. Yeah. Well, um, just follow around the, the, the Allen children from Midwestern. I didn't say anything about that. They are a wonderful, <laughs> lovely family. They are a lovely family. You are correct. I They're will tell you here. what kid you are not going to see in a suit and tie. Drew That is Drew Whitfield. Whitfield. <laughs> <laughs> that, I will just tell you right now, don't be looking for him. No suit and tie there. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's going to be it. Follow us on Twitter at ACWIT, at Jonathan underscore Howe, at SBC this week. We're going to have everything from the annual meeting for you on Twitter online. Uh, check us out on Facebook, too. Be sure you're following us on there so we can uh, show you the Facebook Lives. We'll be doing all kind of live video and stuff like that, hopefully some more live video than we've done in the past. But uh, we're going to be ready, and we will definitely, hopefully, see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>